Welcome to the Behind Their Business Podcast, the show that's peeling back the curtain and showing what's actually happening behind the scenes of running a business. I'm your host, Steph Blake, and each week you'll hear from women at all levels of business who are showcasing their stories of struggle and triumph as they juggle business ownership with day-to-day life. Join us to hear inspiring stories and strategies for starting and growing your own business. Hey everybody, Steph Blake here, and I am so glad that you are here for this week's episode. As usual, it is going to be amazing, so you are in for a treat. But before we dive into that episode, I want you to join our private and 100% free and supportive community for business owners to connect in called the Confident CEO Community. So if you have not joined us yet, here is your invitation to come and join us. Each week I also do a live training to share my best tips and tricks for scaling an online business the easy way. We talk about strategy, team building, mindset, tools, automation, and everything in between to help you confidently step into the CEO role in your business. So you can go to confidentceocommunity.com to join us today. And now let's dive in to this discussion with our incredible guest. Welcome back to the Behind Their Business podcast, or welcome if this is your first time listening. Today, our guest is going to share all about forgiving to evolve and how working through your feelings and really feeling those emotions of people who have wronged you can help you move forward and be your best self. So this is a sensitive topic. I do just want to say that right off the bat. So I'm going to let our guest share as little or as much as she wants about this. But in her business, our guest is a business coach and marketing strategist from South Africa, and she helps her clients amplify their marketing message and increase their impact while remaining true to their core, which I think is so beautiful. Love that all about feeling really good about your business and feeling really authentic as you market it. So please welcome to the show, Tanya Kabuya. Tanya, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for having me, Steph. I've, I've been looking forward to our episode, so I'm really glad we could finally make it happen. Yes, yes, me too. So before we dive into our topic, for the day, I would love for you to just share more about you, share about your story. What were you doing before you started your coaching and marketing strategy business? All right. So like many others, I don't think this would be new to many. I was a corporate rat. Um, I was trying to make my way through the corporate ladder. I was I mean, that was what I was told to do. Go to school, finish high school, go to university, figure out what you had to do with your life, which by the time I got to university, even though I had taken a gap year, I still had no idea what I wanted to do, but I did what, ex- what was expected of me. And yeah, and I finished, started working and it just evolved from there. And I was just going through the motions and eventually, things started unraveling for me and it came to a point where I first had a health care and then later I still wouldn't listen to my body and to my brain that something was wrong but eventually circumstances kind of like happened and eventually I was fed up I was fed up of always having to travel because I was doing a whole lot of consulting I felt one day my son was just seven eight I was like, what the heck happened? Wasn't he just one? And now he's this age. And I feel like, like 
I had missed a lot of things. I was working a lot, sometimes taking me to the office with me. And I had never realized until that day that this kid had grown and I felt like we just jumped through time. And I decided I wanted to do something different. I looked into freelancing, I started freelancing. And from freelancing, things involved into consulting companies and then coaching. So it, it has been a journey of evolving one step at a time. I can completely understand what you're talking about when you're talking about your son. He's just a little baby at one point, And then all of a sudden he just, he just grows up and you're wondering what, what happened, right? Like where, where did the time go? And that was one of the big reasons why I started my business too, so that I didn't have to feel that way. So I could be home with my son. So I'm so glad that now you're having that experience and you're watching him grow up and not feeling like the years are just flying by. I mean, the years are always flying by right? It all goes too fast when we have kids, but yeah, I'm glad that you had that experience now. So that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy as well because my son now is 14 and we are friends. I think that if I hadn't made those changes, I don't think we would have the type of relationships uh, we have now because I feel like there would have been a lot of resentment on his hand because I was really not very present. I would work from Monday to Sunday sometime. So I was happy I could make that change. Mm -hmm. That actually kind of leads us right into our topic for the day, which is, which is a great segue. So I know that you have, or you had some experiences in the past with your father. And like I said, I know this is a sensitive topic, so I will let you share as much or as little as you want, but if you don't mind sharing that story and how you had to forgive him in order to truly evolve in your personal life and your business as well. You know, the most interesting thing is that we never really realize how much our childhood and events that happened in our childhood end up impacting us. So um, I grew up in what would essentially be not a very traditional home, um, also very dysfunctional at certain points in time. So my parents had issues right about around the time I was three. Um, my father became polygamous. And for the longest time, I didn't have a father at home. My dad would come and visit, but he wouldn't sleep. And then when I was at school, I started realizing that other kids had two parents at home and that my home wasn't what other people expected it to be. So I started asking questions and very uncomfortable questions I could imagine for my mom today, like, why is dad never at home? Why is dad only coming during the day and goes? And one time uh, my dad brought my half brothers and we were having fun, kids being kids. And then when they left, I told my mom that I was really happy that I got to meet my cousins. They were fun. And my mom sat me down and she was like, those are not your cousins, those are your brothers. I'm like, that's impossible. I have brothers already. <laughs> like, this is my brother. She's like, well, your dad has another family and those are your brothers from that other side. And for me, I couldn't conceptualize as a child that I could have two mothers. So I asked my mom, I distinctly remember asking her, did you have the hate and did 
of that mother has the legs. Because that for me was the only way I could conceptualize having other siblings. But that eventually would evolve into my, my, my parents' marriage completely disintegrating. And for the longest time, my father not being present in my life. So what had ended up happening was that even when I was, I started dating, I was speaking mean that would remind me of my father subconsciously where I had to prove to them that they, they could stay. Because in my young age, what I didn't realize when I actually got a coach and I got a therapist to work through it, I had internalized the fact that my father had left and to my young brain, it was the fact of I wasn't a good enough child that that's why my father left. So I had a chip on my shoulder. <laughs> I started, I had a huge chip on my shoulder. I wanted to prove that I was worth it, even in my career, which led to me being a workaholic, trying to prove my worth continuously to people. And that definitely for me was a big thing, a big realization when I started working through the things because I never ever felt that I was good enough. And then when I started working through the things, I realized that I was angry. I never realized how angry I felt because I, I, I felt that I had been robbed by my father and robbed me of the right to be part of a normal family, of having a present father, and that I had always been envious of other people that had present fathers. So for me, that was the beginning of the unraveling of working through really difficult feelings and difficult realizations and going through this feeling because I didn't, I didn't realize that even my siblings, there were a lot of anger from everybody. And at first I felt, I blamed my dad. I was very angry. I wouldn't talk to him, but it came a point where I had to make the choice to forgive, not because he had seen the error of his ways or because he is believed that what he did was right, but I had to make the choice to forgive because I needed to heal. And until I healed from that pain, because it was incredibly painful, until I healed from that pain, I couldn't really start creating the life that I wanted. I couldn't create the life that I wanted for my son. I couldn't create the life for, that I wanted for myself. So I think that was way began, Steph. I, okay. So I have so many thoughts and feelings because as you were talking, I saw myself in your story because my story is actually so similar to that. And I didn't realize that until you started to share your own because my, not to go into too much detail, but my parents were divorced when I was younger and I have half brothers as well. And my half brothers came over one day. Well, half brother at the time, there was only one. And I thought it was a family friend because we just had a family friend who had a baby. And I thought this was, I, I couldn't, I think I was about seven years, six or seven years old at the time. And I couldn't conceptualize that either. Like, like, wait, I already have a brother. I, who's this other brother? Like in my young mind, I didn't like, it didn't click and it didn't click for years later, honestly, because when you're a kid, you don't, you don't understand that you could have that your dad could have another person, right. Or another family. Right. So um, I can, oh my gosh, I can relate to so many things that you were saying. And 
there were some emotions that were coming up for me too, because I was like, oh my gosh, I've had to work through this for years. It's taken me so many years to work through this, right? (laughs) Because when you're so young, it's, Uh, it's like earth shattering, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, for me, it was earth shattering because I felt like, why did they have the choice to have both parents? And I didn't. So when I grew up, I, that was shattered because as I started realizing that this thing was a reality, this was my reality, there was a lot of pain. There was a lot of pain because I found that in a way, my dad picked them because they were better. And I felt like that for the longest time, for the longest time. And it was very painful. So, I mean, these these were difficult times. These were really dark times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I felt the exact same way. Like I, I came second. Like he had a new family, didn't care about me. I was just second best. So I know you mentioned before when you were dating, you would date guys who were similar to that, who would almost put you second right? Who would not treat you the way that you need to be treated. That was every guy that I dated until I met my husband. It was, it was (laughs) not great. I'll be honest with you. (laughs) It was not good, but it's so funny how we, even something that happens to us when we're so young, we carry that throughout our life and it starts to show up in different situations, like from dating to how you run your business to become a workaholic, to become a perfectionist. I did all of those things too. So I can, I can really relate to this. So I'm curious to know, how did you start your process of forgiveness for forgiving your father? I'm sure there was some forgiveness for yourself in there as well. So how did you, how did you go about this process? And when did you realize that you needed to actually forgive when I realized that changing cities, changing jobs, changing my career wasn't changing how I felt. So I then had to face up to the fact that there was something bigger at play and it wasn't just, uh, it wasn't like just painting the house and everything will be fine. So I had to make the choice. I had initially tried to do it on my own, you know, the motivational videos on YouTube, um, all those things. But those were just surface level things. It wasn't that I wasn't motivated. It wasn't that I wasn't feeling all too good because at the point I started feeling really suicidal. I made the choice to seek help. So I initially enlisted the help of a therapist. But when I started working with a therapist, I realized that there were all those emotions that I had never really been aware of. They had been buried, the way I was thinking. It was influencing the way I was thinking, but it was never on a conscious level that I could put two and two together. So when I started working with a therapist, I didn't also like the whole thing <laughs> because I felt like I was getting stuck. I was like, okay, great. I'm realizing that I have this problem. How do I move on from this? And there was a whole lot of wanting to stay in the in the past. Um, that's how I was feeling. That there was a lot of staying in the past. But what I was trying to do was how do I move on from this so that I'm a better mother. I can show up better for myself and even can make better choices with the people that I end up seeing in my life. Because I was 
picking the same person in different color, in different shades. So I literally was dating the same person, but different actors. It was just the same character, different actors coming into my life. They will have a different name. They might be taller or shorter, but it was always the same person. And the same person was always somebody that would leave like my father did. So for me, I was done with that life. I was done with being in these type of abusive situations because I had been in a couple of abusive situations. And eventually I discovered coaching um, during that period of time that there was such a thing as coaching. And what attracted me to coaching was the fact that um, I felt that it was future-based. I, I, I don't even have a better way to put it, but I felt like it was a lot more future-based for me and that it would work better for me than being stuck in therapy. So as much as I had enjoyed therapy for identifying where I was going wrong, I enlisted the help of a life coach because with the life coach, I didn't have the option of keep to keep staying in my feelings about what had happened. So we started working through the mindset, working through forgiveness, because I had to learn to forgive myself too. I had to forgive myself for the choices that I had made because I didn't, I couldn't lay that on my father. Even if it was related, I couldn't lay that on my father. So I had to learn to forgive myself. I had to learn to forgive him. And I remember my coach saying that you don't forgive because the person has said sorry or because, yeah, the person is um, sorry, because at the time I started trying to find out what had happened with him. And when I started looking at his childhood, he himself had been in an environment that was very abusive. His father had been very, very abusive towards um, his kids um, growing up, being very the disciplinarian, but at a point really a little bit extreme. He was abusive towards um, their mother, to a point that even though at the time it was unheard of, that she had gotten divorced because of the physical abuse. So when I started looking at the environment in which he grew up, I could be empathetic. I could, it did not excuse what had happened, but knowing what I knew then was coaching and therapy, because these are the things I don't believe my father had ever access to or ever tried to do. So with the tools that I had and the insight from these tools, I could feel empathy and could have a level of understanding for what he had been through and how that could have shaped how he showed up in his life as a partner and as a father because of his background. So for me, when I could be empathetic and I could learn what happened, had happened, I, I could let go, I could forgive, I could understand. And also I, I could forgive myself for the choices. I think that's where my journey was. I needed to understand where, where he was coming from even though it's, it was very hard for me to do that. Um, but when I started hearing stories, how they grew up, I understood. I understood the, the way he had showed up in his life and sometimes still showed up because of the way he grew up. So that's for me was it. Mm -hmm. And once again, we have so much in common <laughs> with our stories.
because I, I had to go through a similar experience because I feel like, especially, I mean, honestly at any age, but especially when we're really young, we put our parents on a pedestal, right? Because we don't know any better. These are, these are our parents. These are the people that we love. We think that they can do no wrong. But I think as we grow older, we realize that no, they're just people too. They're doing the best they can with the experiences that they've had, the, um, the situations they've gone through and the, um, the way in which they grew up as well. So, I mean, my story was similar. My dad's dad, he left, he said he was going out to get, I don't remember if it was ice cream or milk, one of the two. And he just never showed up when my dad was five years old. Yeah. He just left just. And at that point, my grandma had three, three boys, and then she eventually had one more. So I have three uncles, but yeah, he just, just left, just didn't show off. So as I realized this, like you said, I was so much more empathetic because that that's what he knew, right? He knew that a father left. So that's kind of what he did. That's what he modeled, right? For me, he knew that um, a mother who my now grandmother, rest in peace, but um, she, she did the best that she could, but she didn't know how to be a great mother. She was a single mom of three kids in the what? sixties. So, I mean, it was a completely different world back then. Right. So she was just trying to do her best. So I can completely, completely relate to all of this, but I'm so glad that you have gotten to a point where you not only recognize that you needed help and not just put another coat of paint on the house, like you said to say, but like actually dove in and did the work because that's where the true growth comes from. Right. So this kind of leads me to my next question, which is, well, I have two questions. So the first being at what part of your business journey did you start to realize that you needed help? And then after you got that help, uh, did you notice any changes in your business because of it? Okay. Um, where was this in my journey? This was um, when I started transitioning from freelancing because I was initially freelancing as a copywriter and funnel builder. And when I was, I transitioned into coaching because I realized that I loved that part a lot more than doing the work for the client. Um, I struggled. I went from having a roster of clients to not having clients. And it wasn't making sense to me because I had come from a marketing, traditional marketing PR thing for years. And I felt like I was trying all the tactics, all the strategies and they weren't working. So when I enlisted this help was also at a point was where I realized that I was self-sabotaging. There were opportunities that were coming in terms of collaborations, in terms of exposures, and I would shrink back because I felt I had the wrong person. I was, I was confronted with a lot of imposter syndrome, which I'd never had to confront before because at the time I was quite happy being the person in the back, the person doing the things at the back and I didn't have to have a brand. So with this shifting into coaching, I, I had a lot of imposter syndrome. I was dealing with a lot of self-sabotage, um, suffers issues severely underpricing, and I knew I was doing these things consciously. I knew, 
my subconsciously, I couldn't figure out why I was still doing it because I knew that I was doing it, but why was I doing it? So that was at the point that I had enlisted the coach because it was a mindset coach, because I realized that there is something. And you know, when they say that a lot of your growth when it comes to business comes to mindset, it is the truth. Strategies are important. I'm definitely a strategy person, how I teach strategy, but I knew that this issue wasn't motivation, wasn't, it had nothing to do with anything else because people were recognizing me, but I wasn't recognizing myself. So that's when I had to help. And after that, because when I started working with my coach, one of the things that she said was, well, Tanya, it's not a strategy. You've worked in corporate, you've worked in marketing, you've built brands, you've guerrilla, you've used guerrilla marketing to build and establish brands. So clearly, you know the marketing, but so it's not the, the strategies that you're trying. It is something else. So that's when we started delving into the mindset element as well. And that kind of shifted things. And how that changed, it just changed how I was able to own my space and own my expertise. Because just about that time, I got referred to this company. Um, multimillionaire, like seven, eight figure entrepreneur, not in the online space, in the traditional space with different division in mining, in all kinds of things. And the older Tanya was the issues. The minute that had happened, she would say, hell no, this is not for me. You got a wrong person, try next door. <laughs> no, definitely not me. So this time I was capable of saying, yeah, I'm available. Even though I was bad scared. <laughs> I was super, I was really doubting myself, but I had the tools to be like, we're doing this. And it wasn't that the voice in my head had completely shut out, down because the, um, the voice in my head was like, Tanya, go, we're going to be found out to be fraud. We haven't heard this yet. We haven't heard the right to be in that room. You don't have the financial status to coach a multimillionaire. <laughs> you don't have that. So there was a lot of you don't, you can't, this is not for you. But because I had done that, that mindset work, that hard work that I had to do to recognize where it was coming from, I was like, well, you know, you're not needed today. So sit your ass back there. <laughs> I'll handle this. So eventually, I get in the room, um, I'm consulting them. The room is hearingly quiet, Steph. You could hear a pen drop to the floor and everybody's gaze is looking at me, I'm looking at them and inside I'm panicking. I'm scared and I can hear Tanya the terror in the back. I told you not to do this. I told you we had to stay away from this. Back up now, back up now. We need to leave. Say this was a mistake and leave. And I was like, no, we think this through. So I finished my presentation. Nobody's talking. The room is quiet. And then the business owner speaks up. He's like, I've been trying to figure out my Achilles heel. And his Achilles heel was that he was, he had, his overheads were too high. He was $400,000 way too high in overheads. And 
he wasn't understanding. He had high overheads. His debtor's book wasn't being liquidated fast enough. And what, so money wasn't flying in. So he was constantly having to bail out the company. So on paper, the company was profitable, but when you removed all the expenses, they were barely breaking even. How they weren't even breaking even. Some of the office divisions were losing and he constantly had to take money from other divisions to build other, other divisions. So when he said that, he was like so grateful, so happy that I could figure that out and I could give them elements to work through the problems, how to um, liquidate a lot more data, how to get more cash flow, how to limit, because the data books were just too high. That thing for me was, it wasn't only because I had done it and the client was happy. It was justification enough for me to say that, yeah, you are capable. Because the, the, room, the, the voice in, my back, in the back of my head, Tanya, there continuously told me that I wasn't good enough to get in those rooms, in those type of rooms. I wasn't good enough for the kind of collaborations that were coming my way because I, had, I hadn't heard that right. So that particular experience had taught me that, yeah, Tanya, you are good enough. You know more than you give yourself credit for, and you need to give yourself room to grow. So that for me was the difference. I could show up differently once I had done the work. And by showing up differently, I could say yes to a lot more opportunities. I could put myself out there. I mean, Tanya, back then, I would have applied to be on your podcast. The minute you would reply, I would ghost you because I'll be like, no, I can't be. This is not for me. I have the right to, to speak. Who am I to speak? So that has been the biggest shift because now I'm able to embrace opportunities. And that has, has helped me grow, uh, grow my brand, get comfortable with speaking to people that are even a lot more financially, a lot further financially than I am because I believe that I'm enough, which was something that I had lacked. Oh my gosh. Thank you for taking the time to share all of that because that's such a relatable story for so many people. I'm sure just not feeling good enough, feeling like an imposter when you're asked to come into the room to speak, all of the voices are just telling you, no, you're not good enough. You can't do it. You're not ready. You have to wait until X, Y, Z, whatever it is, because I know for a fact that I have heard those voices more times than I can count. And every single person listening to this episode has also heard those voices. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for making it so relatable. And I'm just so glad, honestly, more than anything that you have found that confidence that you are speaking up and that you are owning your truth, because I know for a fact that this episode is going to, I mean, it related to me (laughs) and I know it's going to help so many other women who are listening to this as well. So thank you so much for being vulnerable. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for just for being here and showcasing your confident self. So if somebody wants to connect with you, where's the best place for them to do that? Well, I have, uh, first of all, before I even say that, thank you also for making the this, this, this space feel safe to, to share because this was a very sensitive topic. And I, knew, I know that you were very sensitive to my needs coming into it. So thank you again for making this space for that. And also thank you for producing this type of, of content. I know there's a lot of content out here on 
all the strategies on all the the ABCD that you need to do your business, but there's very there's a lot less content on seeing what is behind a brand, what is behind the business, the inner work that has had to happen. So I'm really really glad that people um have the opportunity to hear this because the more I wish I had heard these before because then I would have been all I would have been able to say that I'm not different that i'm not uh, i'm not a problem there are other people that have worked through this so thank you for that first and thank you for saying that for That's okay. anyone that wants to get uh it is the truth it is the truth so for anyone that wants to get in touch with me the, um i have a a podcast that is called Buzz talk with tanya where i usually share a whole lot more content as well on strategy sometimes on things that i'm working through my thoughts kind of like an open diary sometime. And also I'm a lot more active on LinkedIn. I've been loving LinkedIn. So if you just search Tanya Kabuya, T-A-N-Y-A-K-A-B-U-Y-A on LinkedIn or Instagram, connect with me. Let me know that you heard this podcast and let's have a conversation if you want to have that. Amazing. Thank you for sharing those links and we'll put them in the show notes as well for easy access. So thank you again for being here, Tanya. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Behind Their Business podcast with me, Steph Blake of the Blake Collective, which is a female-led company focused on helping online entrepreneurs start and scale their own businesses. If you or someone you know would make a great guest for the show, we would love to interview you. Visit our website at behindtheirbusiness.com to submit a short application and learn more about the show and how you can support our mission. If you enjoyed the show, we would love for you to share it with a friend or a loved one too. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you again for listening to the Behind Their Business podcast.